five, four, three, two, one. It's Thursday afternoon and it's dark, uh, which makes a change. Uh, we're back from half term. I'm back in the studio and loving it. And I've got a special guest with me today. I've got Abby Davies, ex of the Calvary Warminster English Department. She's got a new book out called The Cult. So I've really got to start with this, haven't I?
She's a sanctuary by the cult there. As I say, I have Abby Davis in the studio, and her new book is called The Cult. Now, Abby, you and I go back, well, seven and a half years, really, because we started at Warminster at the same time, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. It's really weird to be back here, but it's great. Yeah, it's always weird when you go back to old places, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a bit surreal. Yes, it, 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 you kind of think, oh, I don't remember that corner, or I don't yeah. remember that building. I felt a little bit like I was walking onto a movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was really, really I'm, weird. I'm, I'm sure. Now, I remember when you... Uh, when you and I worked together, you just published, self-published a book called The Blackened Cottage. Yes, yeah. But you've gone from that to being a fully-fledged, let me have a look at the publisher, a HarperCollins novelist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did that journey happen? Okay, so, well, it's quite, it is quite a long journey. I'm sure. um, I wasn't like, click my fingers and got published for sure. So when I was 18, um, I decided I want to be a published writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my absolute passion. I went to uni to do English Lit, but I was just writing novels the whole time. I read every book I could on the writing craft. Um, I was more keen on studying that than studying English literature, to be honest. Um, and I wrote my first novel, 95,000 Words, when I was 18. Wow. While I was working at Crayola packing um, factories, <laughs> so I was doing seven-hour shifts with two 15-minute breaks, and while I was packing the same box of crayons over and over again for seven hours a day for seven and a half weeks, I would plan what I was going to write when I got in. Um, and so I would write for two hours straight when I got back from packing crayons. And then at, by the end of seven, seven or eight weeks, I had a 95,000 word manuscript. And wow. uh, yeah, so I gave it to my dad. He read it, edited it, helped me edit it. Mm. Not that he's a writer or anything, no. but he's a, a um, prolific reader. Yeah. Um, and I sent it off. I got about 20 rejection letters and then I didn't send it to any more. But I did get a couple of really kind, positive, encouraging comments from agents. Oh, right. Well, that's yeah. good. So they, they said, you can write, basically. Yeah. Oh, that's um, good. But my first novel had 13 main characters, which Ooh, <laughs> if, you, yes. if you read books, you, you know that that is quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So, so did you, when you sent it off, did you send it off to publishers or agents or a bit of both? No, I actually only ever sent my book to agents. Okay. I, don't, I don't really know why. I think it's because most of the books I've read advised you to send it to agents first because yeah. they help handle everything um, yeah. and it's you know it is better obviously they take a massive bit of your uh, money yes. they take commission but um but they're so good at handling affairs and getting you contracts and stuff okay. um but yeah then after i was 18 i popped out a novel like every couple of years for 17 years wow and um, rejection after rejection, yeah. tears, yeah. you know. But I told myself I would keep going until I was 80. If, I'd, if I didn't get published, yeah. I was going to keep going and keep going and keep yeah, going. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Um, and my dad read every single book I wrote and gave me feedback, encouraged Parents me. always yeah, do, yeah. don't they? Poor yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. he would have read, you know, multiple versions of, of multiple books over the years. And then finally, a couple of years ago, um, I entered... Mislexia magazine competition, uh, novel competition, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. to no- novel magazine. So if you, like any aspiring writers out there, yeah. I really recommend enter as many magazine, enter as many competitions as you can. Okay. Yeah, right. I mean, I I didn't really want to enter the ones you had to pay to enter. No, no. no. Um, and Mislexia um, 
magazine is for women writers so I, w- I wasn't competing against male writers yeah, it was yeah, literally yeah. just women um, and I got shortlisted to the, f- to the top five. Oh, brilliant yeah. with uh, my first book my debut Mother Loves yeah, Me yeah 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 um, and then through that I got my agent and it took me 17 years to get my agent wow so so all these books that you've been churning out since you yeah. were 18 were there, uh, have any of them fed into what you've now had published oh. or, or have you got them sort of sitting on the shelf well, ready to go do you know what that one that you said you mentioned Black and Cottage yeah, yeah. Um, that's a gothic psychological thriller and mm-hmm. it's set in the late 1800s um, and for book three I've actually rewritten it and set it in the modern day and changed it and tweaked it a bit yeah. and um, written it in modern day language. Um, and right. I'm really, really excited about that one. Uh, oh, right. I think it's my best one so far. Okay. Oh, we might come on to that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, we, should we have some music? Yeah. Uh, I gather you went to see the Boo Radleys the other week. I did, yeah, they're awesome. That's, that's, <laughs> Love that's it. quite a good one to go and see. A, a band I've never seen, <laughs> yeah. which oh, uh, is must. a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Uh, so let's have a bit of Wake Up Boo, shall we?
Wake Up Boo there by the Boo Radleys, uh, who, like I say, Abby went to see uh, a couple of weeks ago over at the Lanes in Bristol. Yeah, uh, yeah. I felt very cool. It yeah, was like my first gig. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, so, no, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so we were talking about uh, you, you kind of rewriting some uh, The Black and Cottage for your third book. Yeah. Um, now, do you think that if people who've read The Black and Cottage, if they read your new one, will they be able to spot that it's the same thing? Or do you well, think, have you changed it so I much? Don't, I don't think they will. I mean, it has got, not to hoot my own horn or yeah, blow yeah. my own trumpet or whatever the phrase yeah. is, but um, it has got a really, really cool twist in it. Oh, okay. Um, and the t- But then I've added, like, another twist oh right um, so yeah, yeah. i don't know if people would recognize oh it really. okay that's all right so, they might do they might not i'm okay. not sure but so the, l- luckily not many people read it back then <laughs> there, there, there is there is always that yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's it if, if you if you've got a whole load of novels sitting on your shelf at home you can't think yeah i can rewrite that one i can rewrite yeah. that. i haven't got to do that much work so yeah, it's, uh, yeah. um so the, obviously your first public your first you know the harper collins one was mother loves me yeah so where did the uh, whole inspiration for that come from um well so the general idea with mother loves me is that mother um is deeply disturbed oh yes she has a daughter called mirabelle who who's 13 and she dresses and paints her like a doll every day and treats her like a doll um and then near the beginning of the book um for mirabelle's 13th birthday mother brings home a five-year-old girl in a duffel bag and says Happy birthday, Mirabelle. This is your present. And then Mirabelle realises as the story progresses that mother is not right in the head. And then she investigates, discovers some horrors and she needs to escape. So it's kind of a psychological thriller, but it's got quite a thrilling um, chase element to it as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That was definitely the bit that got me turning the pages when I read it. And and so um, it kind of stemmed from reading Room by Emma Donoghue. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Carrie by Stephen King. Right. Margaret White, the mother in that really inspired mother. Oh, I can see that now. I hadn't thought about that. I thought about Room. And and, uh, the other one that I remember when I started teaching many, many years ago, uh, Flowers in the Attic. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? I tried to watch the film of that and got too freaked out. And I've never read it. so I've heard of it and I basically generally know what it's about but I've never read it and never watched the whole film but maybe subliminally some of it kind of went into my head it was one of those that you know all the sort of teenage girls wanted to read around the mid 80s and kind of oh this is oh absolutely you know it was kind of oh I've read Flowers in the Attic I'm I'm hard enough you know (laughs) so so, uh, obviously that was Mother Loves Me now when when that came out I'm not saying did your life change because you know but having something that you can hold in your hand and say this is my published novel well yeah I mean I think I think I got a massive sort of confidence boost I'm sure like having that reassurance that I actually was a good writer and that all of that hard work hadn't been for nothing and then just the, the joy that you get from people telling you that they got lost in your book and enjoyed Mm. reading it for hours like that there's no greater sort of feeling for a writer than to know that you've given somebody a really cool experience and helped them relax or whatever so so have you sort of been to bookshops and done readings and sort of talked to people about it well um 
To a certain extent. I mean, I couldn't have a launch party this time or last time because of COVID. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. yeah um, but I did do some stock signings at Waterstone, yeah, yeah. Yeah. at the Waterstones around um, this area. Yeah, yeah. And then on Saturday, actually, I'm doing all of the Waterstones in Bristol and Bath and wow. um, yeah. some independents as well. That's so good. that'll be really fun. And then um, I'm going to like a book party in Brilliant. March with nine other published authors. Oh, so, oh that's um, good. And lots of people from Bookstagram and bloggers and things are going to be oh. there. Do, do they have, um, like, festivals? Because obviously, you know, crime uh, crime fiction, which is a, you know, a huge seller, they have big sort of crime yeah, festivals. Yeah, I went to Harrogate Literary oh, Festival yes. in July. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, and it was really cool. Ian Rankin was um, hosting it. Brilliant. And, and um, met some met some cool authors there it's really really cool atmosphere um but i think if your if your book is a really really big seller Mm -hmm. um they put you forward to speak at those festivals yeah yeah um and so mother loves me has sold pretty well so far i mean it's only been out just over a year but it has done pretty well it's got um about 13 and a half uh, 1300 um, reviews on Amazon, brilliant, and an average oh, really of four point four stars. That's, yeah, that's very really good. good. That's very good. So I, 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 that's the one of the things I thought. You know, because I, you know, I got Mother Loves Me when it came out yeah. and read it, and I, then I thought, wow, she's written another one already. You <laughs> seem to, have, you seem to have come up with the cult very quickly. Was it always there at the back of your mind, even when you were writing the first one? Uh, no, it wasn't at all. I, was oh, okay. at, I actually wrote another second novel oh. for the cult. Oh, okay. um, and my. A, my editor didn't like it. Oh, right. Yeah, she just oh. said it didn't work. But I'd already, at that point, I'd re- finished that second one and I'd written 50,000 words of the cult. Ah. So I showed her the 50,000 words of the cult and she liked it. And she wow. was like, yes, okay, we'll All do right. this. We'll go with this one. And I, I... When I finish a book, I kind of lose a bit of interest in it and I go on to the next project and I yeah. get all excited about that. So I wasn't actually that upset by it oh okay yeah I, I, I kind of you know I, I've never got as far as writing you know a complete book and I, I always think if I've written one I'd feel very protective about it <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I want, yeah. no you will like it you will read it but, but there, there's definitely an element of yeah. like what is she what um yeah. but then you kind of reflect and you think well she does know what she's talking about and I think because by that point I'd written like 11 or 12 full-length novels yeah and I was used to writing a novel, spend, but I'm quite lucky, it only takes me about three months to write a first draft of a yeah. novel and then a couple of months to do more drafts. Wow. Um, okay. So I think because I can write quickly, yeah. I think that helps me not get too sort of, um, st- um, you know, stuck with it. Yeah, okay. Because I think, oh, well... It's all right. It'll only take me another three months to write another book. And, Brilliant. Oh, that's yeah. that's great. Okay, let's have some more music. Now, you, you mentioned uh, Ghost by Ella Henderson. Yeah. Is that a song that you, you particularly... Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. There's something really creepy about it, but it always makes me feel like writing. Oh, right. Okay, <laughs> well, let's have a listen to that. I keep going to the river to pray Because I need something that can wash out the pain And I'm old. I'm sleeping all these demons away But your ghost, the ghost of you, wakes me awake My friends, had you figured out? Yeah, they're so out inside of you You tried hiding another you But your evil was coming through These guys sitting on the wall well, They watch every move I make Bright light, heaven in the shade Your cold heart makes the spirit shake 
Ella Henderson there and Ghost, uh, one of Abby's writing songs. Yeah, yeah love yeah. it. Okay. Now, um, obviously, The Cult came out last Thursday. Yeah. And so what can you tell me about this? Okay, so The Cult is a psychological thriller crossed with a police procedural. Yeah, you, um, you keep talking about psychological yeah. thrillers. And you, you have always been just the nicest, cheeriest person. <laughs> I cannot believe you're writing psycho- you know, these grim, horrible psychological yeah, thrillers. So. I don't really know what it is, you know. I just... Always, when I was a kid, I always liked the cartoons that had really bad baddies in and the darker side, you know, chase scenes and kidnappings and bear nappings if it was Care Bears or whatever. I really like that kind of thing. So I think that's where it comes from. All right, so back to the cult. So, the cult. I've always been fascinated, morbidly fascinated, as most people Mm, are, even though some won't admit it, but we're all kind of interested in cults, aren't we? Because there's something really, really dark and weird and interesting about how people get brainwashed why people join them in the first place how a leader can be so charismatic and make you think and do such sort of strange things that you would never imagine you would do um and so i wanted to write a story based on hansel and gretel right yeah you know dark fairy tale from my childhood um and i wanted a really bad um female antagonist right who would kidnap two children 
Okay. Um, and my mum said to give her a backstory, why don't you have her growing up in a cult? So right. that's how love yeah. um, developed. So we, we see throughout the story, we see her growing up in a cult. Right. We yeah. see two children disappearing, but you don't know how, because this cult starts 30 years ago. You don't know how this ties in with current day exactly. You don't know who from the cult's involved and that kind yeah. of thing. And then we have a detective, um, Otterline, who is investigating the disappearance of the missing children. Oh, right. Okay, that sounds good. So, Otterline, that's a good name. I yeah. Like, I like How do you come up with your names? How, you know, when, when... Um, I actually genuinely... That just popped into my head. Okay. Um, with love, that kind of um, is a bit of, you know... Um, irony there yes absolutely because yeah. of the cult is yeah. sort of based on peace and harmony and love living yeah. in tranquility together yeah. and then it dissolves into dystopia you know and of course madness absolutely um but they name members of the cult after virtues oh right okay uh, so that's why i chose love for the main right uh, so so did you did you have to sort of do a lot of research into particular cults um, no, not masses of research. I, I did a Google research of the worst cults that ever existed. Okay. Um, and the one say, that I particularly... Jim Jones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. and I read yeah. most yeah. of Raven, which is about Jim Jones oh, and right. People's Temple. Oh, and yes. that, I mean, that was the basis for, for how I... I came up with Uncle Saviour, yeah. the okay. baddie. Yeah, okay. um, It was really deeply disturbing, yeah. I mean, and so complex. Um, really fascinating stuff. Yeah. I know you, you you do think how on earth did do people sort of basically commit mass suicide just because someone suggests it's a good idea? You know, know. you say so you've got people like him, you've got people like David Koresh and mm-hmm. the the Waco the cult and it's things a, like that. It's it's abso- it is absolutely horrific. I yeah. mean, one of the cults that I um, found really really disturbing and which sort of helped to um, inspired me a bit was um, a cult where the leader convinced people that um, his blood had special properties. So oh. if they drank, they paid to drink his blood. Oh my word! Yeah, yeah that's grim. Yeah, that's grim, yeah. So. It's just all about psychological manipulation, playing yeah. on people's vulnerabilities and insecurities, and giving them what they want, yeah. which is yeah. leadership and some yeah. kind of place in the world. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I look forward to reading that one because, like I say, Mother Loves Me was uh, definitely a page turner, and and you got very I, well. I got very cross with Mother, and I, <laughs> but I also got cross with some of the other characters at various points because I just thought, don't be so stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know, do you ever get cross with your characters as you're writing them? You know, do you, do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, a little the, bit, a, a little bit. Um, I can't really give too much. I don't want to no, give no, no. too much away, but yeah. Yeah. So, right. Okay. Let's have uh, let's have a bit of gold frap, and then we'll come back and talk a bit more.
That's Goldfrapp there and Caravan Girl. Um, now, back to Abby. Um, I, I still find it astounding that you've written so many books. So what's your writing process? How do you go about it? Um, so usually have kind of a vague idea mm-hmm. of the beginning of the book, like a character or in Mother Loves Me's case, I had the idea that it was going to be a disturbed woman yeah. with a young girl treating her like a doll. And I sort of mm-hmm. start with that image in my head and then I just start writing. Oh, Okay. And then do you find it flows fairly easily once you get going? Yeah, I think because I literally just imagine it in my head and I just do sort of cause and effect, cause and effect. I just, you know, what naturally yeah. would the characters do next Okay. in that yeah. situation? Now, I, I know Philip Pullman always says he's got his writing room and in the garden, I think, <laughs> and, he, and he writes, he says he writes a thousand words a day. Do you have like a set number of words that you try and write or do you just keep no, going until I, you well, stop? Well, since I had a three-year-old, well, no, not no. a three-year-old, since I had a child <laughs> and now she's three, yeah. um, I mean, my brain seems to be a lot slower when it comes to putting okay. words out yeah. these days. Uh, I used to be able to quite easily get 2,000 words done a day okay. um, in a couple of hours um, yeah. and now it tends to vary between about 700 and... 1500 words a day all right okay so how the the cult is obviously a a bigger book than mother loves me how many words is it do you know Eighty-nine thousand. Eighty-nine thousand. so how long did did it take you about three months did you say um oh well i actually wrote the first ten thousand words quite quickly and then i and then the rest took me probably about four months oh right okay right so and and have you got a place that you go to write um well actually yesterday Mm -hmm. my lovely hubby put together a brand new it's like a heart-shaped velvet white swivel chair oh right okay (laughs) Okay. writing these really dark disturbing stories it's like a heart-shaped swivel chair yeah so i've got a heart-shaped swivel chair and this really cute white desk and I'm gonna for Christmas I'm gonna ask for loads of little gold accessories like a gold stapler Uh, and like a a monkey lamp and stuff like uh, that (laughs) okay well I suppose you want something that makes you comfortable and ready to write I mean I've been I've been wanting to create my own special little writing Mm -hmm. space um and so I'm gonna have that for the first time ever there was a there was a stage when I was working on Mother Loves Me where I was writing in our attic oh wow (laughs) which is quite disturbing really you know if you think about it yeah so like flowers in the attic absolutely Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, there's a, you feel that you're locked up there. You know, just yeah, sort of, it probably you know, added to the atmosphere while I was a- writing. Absolutely, it was so creepy. Yes, quite. Uh, and do you do you write or do you type? I type. You type. Yeah, I yeah. can't do it by hand. No, no. I mean, when you when you start typing and stop using your hand, it aches as well. Yeah, it's really hard work. I know. I, I, I think I, I would, it would get to the stage where, you know, I'd written a couple of hundred words and then no one would be yeah. able to read it yeah, anyway, yeah, so I might as well type it. Exactly. So, yes, yeah. yeah. So, um, and with the editing process, do you, do you edit it first or do you just give it to your agent and then they come back and say, I think you need to do this, that or the other? Um, well, I do kind of fine line editing. Um, yeah you know and I and then I get my dad to read read it about three times and mm-hmm. he will sort of do the fine edits but he'll also um give me structural edits and where he, if he thinks I've rushed a scene yeah because I am quite bad at that I, I kind of get really excited when it's a dramatic scene and I I 
I forget to build the suspense and I okay. just write it too quickly yeah. and then I'll look back at it and I'll think it's okay. And then somebody else will say, oh, actually, you could you could draw out the suspense, like build the suspense here. Yeah. And I actually really enjoy going back in and, and doing that. And it's quite easy because once you've got the bare bones of a story yeah. down, it's quite fun to go back in and beef it up a little bit. Oh, right. Okay. And uh, in terms of, you know, where it where the not not your next book but where these books go have you you know have you had any thoughts about whether they could be adapted for the screen or anything like that oh well yeah but I think it it doesn't really work like that like my agent has to sort of um pitch it yeah to companies and because sometimes you hear about writers and they'll sort of say oh and it's being bought for the screen and then and then you never hear anything more about it yeah I mean often it gets optioned and then it just dies sits yes it sits on a shelf for ages so I mean that would be like an ultimate dream come true if if one of my books was made into a film or a series you know it'd be everything all right so let's go back to Mother Loves Me who would be your ideal actress to play Mother um She's probably a little bit too old now, um, but I think Nicole Kidman would have been oh okay, could have been awesome. Um, em, Emma oh Thompson, no sh- no um, the one who played Titanic Rose in Titanic Emma. No, um, uh, um, oh, what's her name? Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Kate Why Winslet. am I thinking yes. Emma? Yeah, yeah. Kate Winslet. Yeah, I think okay. Kate Winslet could do it. Right. Good yeah. job, yes. Did you see um, what was the the police series that she was in in America? No, I really want to watch. Yeah, that. we we watched the first one. We haven't got back to watching the rest yet. They're all kind of queued up on the box, yeah, ready to I'm watch. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch that. We need that. to go back to that. So <laughs> anyway, let's have a bit more music. Uh, this is uh, this is a band I saw over half term. Out in the garden. A bumblebee buzzes by my nose all the while The kettle's boiled, forgot my toast These serve as reminders Of what really matters most Just how beautiful life can be When one allows her to Just how beautiful life can be Foreign desire I know not where life will lead If I'm to inspire Lead by example, not by greed All or not knowing It's easier than you've been led to believe Just how beautiful life can be Just how beautiful life can be Just how 
life can be Let the children have their chance to see Just how beautiful life can be there you go, that's the a cappella version of How Beautiful Life Can Be by the Lathams. And uh, yeah, they were very good over half-term at Bristol Serenity. Uh, so, uh, Abby, you, you've, you've muttered about the third book, yeah. uh, which is kind of a, a, a idea of a rewrite of a past thing. Do you have ideas for where you're going to go in the future, you know, beyond that? Um, well, I've actually started book four. Okay, <laughs> yeah. right, okay. <laughs> Um, and I don't want to give too much away. No, no, it's no. in the very early stages. I've right. only written 14,000 words of it. Right, so, okay. um, but, uh, this time it's going to be a male antagonist. Yeah. So a, a really, um, disturbed main baddie. Yeah. Um, and then it is kind of quite a claustrophobic setting again. Right. And Christmas is going to be involved in some okay. way. Oh, that would be a good one to sort of get published <laughs> leading yeah, up to Christmas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. wouldn't it? Yes. yes, yeah. So um when when you kind of coming up with these characters, do you do you see people sort of or read about people and you think actually I could take that part of their character or are they do they entirely spring from your head? Um well, I think like when I researched the cult and mm. read um, about Reverend Jim Jones, yeah, yeah. I definitely think parts of him fed into it, fed into yeah, yeah, Uncle yeah, Saviour. Yeah. And I think when I listened to Carrie by Stephen King, yeah. parts of the disturbed mother, Margaret White, fed into Mother's character. Right, okay. um, but with this one, um, Mikey, his name is yeah, at okay. the moment, um, He's not really drawing from anybody. He's my own creation. And, right, okay. But I'm reading um, a proper psych- psychiatry book about oh, um, right. psychosis and delusions at the right. moment. Right, okay. Oh. Um, it's a massive tome and we're yeah. going to study the whole thing and I'm going to try and make it really, really believable wow. and authentic that how he can be so deluded. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> one, um, I, I, I have another question there on the top of my tongue, which is now gone because I was thinking, oh, psychosis and <laughs> and, and strange characters. I'll come. It'll probably come back to me. Back to me in a minute. Um, so, but none of them are kind of. You, you're not one of these writers who sort of sits in a cafe and listens into other people and sort of draws no. bits from conversations. No, I don't do that at all. Oh, okay. No, I know there. Are, it's quite um, a thing. Like some writers walk around with a notepad. Yeah, yeah. And you know, but I think when I'm walking around, it's almost like I pick up on maybe an atmosphere yeah. somewhere, or if you know, if I, I've this obsession, and my dad winds me up no end. Yeah. But my books always seem to have a really bad, like creepy scene in the woods oh right the woods always features in my books in some way and i do find them particularly um creepy and when i'm walking in the woods like walking my dogs or anything i feel like writing like there's something about it that just makes me get in the mood oh right okay um yeah i i kind of in a way i'm quite glad that you don't meet characters who are like your main characters because mm. you wouldn't really want to would you, you <laughs> probably know, be dead if yeah I'm abs- any abs- <laughs> absolutely and, and and on the similar lines i've remembered the question i was going to ask you now are you do you ever think actually i want to write something completely different or are you do you are you happy to stick with the kind of psychological disturbing side of things 
No, I like the darkness. You like the darkness, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're not going to suddenly go into <laughs> Mills and Boone style romantic fiction or anything like that. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, no, no way. I could yeah. never write that. No, no. So, oh, okay, that's that's quite interesting. And and you tend to fo- how can I? Yeah, you tend to focus on the the villains, shall we say? Yeah. Um, you you. You talked about a bit of police procedure in this one. Have you ever thought of sort of going more on the crime side and writing it from almost the police perspective rather than the... Yeah, I mean, well, I kind of touched on that with this one, mm-hmm. having um, a third of the story written from a detective's yeah. point of view. Um, but I do really prefer psychological thrillers to yeah. crime. Like, okay. I like getting into the characters' heads a little bit more and um, dealing with um, issues... Yeah. more focusing a bit more on that during writing the thriller side of okay. it um, and also I did find writing the detective side quite laboursome like oh okay it, I had yeah. to do a lot of talking to a DCI did you um, I was, yeah. I, I, that was going to be yeah, my next I, question so. I, well I spoke to him for a couple of hours and made yeah. copious notes oh, and okay. you know what he gave me was just so useful I never could have never could have written it just from watching yeah. crime stuff you know did you, did you just kind of pop into the police station and say do you mind no or? he was he's a friend of my mum's oh that's brilliant yeah so okay, I rang right. I rang him and it, he was just so helpful it oh was that's brilliant. good that's good because uh, you know I think we all watch Oh, I watched Shetland last night, and we'd watch lots of these crime thrillers and things like that. And everyone thinks they can do what the police do. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen it, but there's this program on Channel Four at the moment called Murder Island. Oh no, no. It's, seen it's that. After, been after Bake Off on a Tuesday, and basically it's based on an Ian Rankin story, uh, and he's written this murder story. But they've put people, pairs of people, on the island who have to solve the oh, crime. Wow. That sounds uh, brilliant. It, well. But they're all, well, no, I'm not saying they're all rubbish, but they, they all seem to be trying to act as though they are in a police thriller <laughs> rather than actually solving a crime. Yeah. And it makes you realise that the actual, the actual police procedure is a lot, is a lot tougher than maybe oh, it's made out to be God. on screen. It's so complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I'm not sure I'd want to go down that route. No. I, think I, I think I would just, it would drive me nuts in so many ways. Yeah. You know, so. Right, let's have uh, a bit of David Bowie. Dolphins Like dolphins 
As ever, when I play Heroes by David Bowie, I have to mention that appallingly, when that first came out as a single, it only got to number 25 in the charts, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to, back to Abby. Um, you talked about meeting some of your readers and people coming up to you and telling you uh, that they really enjoyed your book. Uh, what's the average uh, Abby Davis reader? What are they like? Um, well, so when when I say they came up and t- told me, I, do, uh, I mean like on oh, Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? okay, yeah. I'm getting a little bit of a fan base on um, the bookstagram part of Instagram. Okay, right. Yeah, and so I think sort of the average reader tends to be female and sort of between 25 to 55, okay. I right, would say. Because okay. so, yeah. yeah, when we were off air, we were kind of muttering about um sort of the gender of the readers and whatever yeah. and the fact that you you know you said they they do tend to be female and and there does tend to be this this sense that when it comes to crime fiction or psychological thrillers or things like that quite often the readers are female i've just you know it's like me saying i'm surprised knowing you that you write these types of books i'm surprised that you know and i, yeah. I, I like you say it's it's a very genderist thing to say but to you know why do people want to want to read such horrible things well I think I think the reason that women tend to gravitate to psychological thrillers more so than pure thriller or action is because it does get more into the sort of emotional issues perhaps Um, if you think about like Lee Child's Reacher yeah, books. Yeah. Um, my husband absolutely loves them. He's mm-hmm. devoured the whole series. Um, and for me, they're not quite my cup of tea because they are pure action. They're not really, there's not really much sort of complexity developed yeah. to many of the characters. Um, and it, I'm not saying that m- men don't like complex characters. Yeah. That's not true at all. But I do think that with psychological thrillers, perhaps there's more of an emphasis on the gradual development of the emotional complexities and less on the sort of the crime itself okay. and the action side of it. That's a very good point. I do like that. <laughs> Yeah, I like, yes. I, I, I think I probably agree with you on that one. Anyway, it has been an absolute joy talking to you and uh, renewing acquaintances after so long. And it's brilliant to see that you're doing so well with the books. And yeah, Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That's all right. And I look forward to reading The Cult and I look forward to reading book three and book four. And Yeah, great. Hopefully... And then can I quickly say that The Cult is only 99p on... Um, uh, ebook uh, for the whole of the month. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so good. it's got that uh, book promotion, that's which br- is that's really, brilliant. really great to get. Yeah. That, that, so, absolutely. Yeah. That's really good. And uh, available in all your local bookshops and. It's available in Waterstones, Dory Roach Smiths, Asda. Yeah. Right. So. And you and you you say you're going to be doing the Waterstones in Bath and Bristol over the weekend. Yeah. And some of the independents as well. So Mr. Yeah. B's. Yeah, definitely Mr. Yeah. B's. Toppings. I'm not sure about toppings, toppings yet. Okay. My publicist is confirming tomorrow. All right, that'd be brilliant. Anyway, yeah. well done for all of that. You know, uh, congratulations, and uh, I look forward to reading many more. Really? So, thank you so much. Thank you so much, and uh, let's have uh, the new track from Midlake.
a new track from Midlake. It's been, I think, eight years, something like that, since Antiphon came out, which was a wonderful album. Absolutely loved it. And they've got a new one coming out uh, next March, and that's the first track from it. That's called Meanwhile. Well, that was a brilliant chat I had with Abby then. I really enjoyed that. It's so good to sort of catch up with her and uh, to hear about her success with the novels and I hope uh, you can all go out and read The Cult and All Mother Loves Me and see what you make of them as well. Anyway, back to the music. Got half an hour left uh, to try and fit in some tunes and uh, like I say, a few gigs over half term which I thoroughly enjoyed including this one at Gloucester Guildhall last Thursday. This is Sea Power. Get interactive. Find us on Twitter at 1707radio. Tonight 
was pale blue eyes and motionless. And uh, they supported Sea Power, who I saw last Thursday, uh, up at Gloucester Guildhall. And that was Sea Power starting us off. And they had they played Doppelganger, um, which was uh, which is off their forthcoming album. Um, uh, pale blue eyes, never heard of before, but actually they were a very good trio. And uh, yeah, very impressed with them. Uh, and to be honest. Like I say, I went to a few gigs over the holidays and the standard of support bands is definitely increasing. I was very impressed, uh, including this one. This is uh, the band who I saw the night before I saw Sea Power. Yeah, three in three days last week. Um, I went to uh, the Pavilion in Bath to see DMAs, the Australian band, and they had a band supporting them called The Case, who I'd seen previously uh, at, the fe- at the Rewired Festival I went to in London. And... Uh, as my wife said, she enjoyed, thought she enjoyed the K's more than she enjoyed DMAs. They were very good, uh, and I reckon they're, they're going to be on for big things. Uh, this is a track of theirs called Glass Dance. Mr. Jones here, you're listening to 1707 Radio. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
From his new album, Idiomatic, that's uh, Gaz Brookfield and the track called Battle Cry. And before that, it was The K's and Glass Towns. And if you thought you recognised the voice there, uh, you may remember the track Sarajevo I've played on a couple of occasions. Uh, so back to last week's gigs, like I say, Sea uh, Power Thursday, DMA's Wednesday. Let's go back to Tuesday and uh, over at the O2 in Bristol.
to neatly tie up my uh, half-term gig going. Firstly, we had Blue Heaven by Public Service Broadcasting, who I saw at the O2 in Bristol. And, uh, of course, they were wonderful. And then that was my last one, The Thekler in Bristol, which is the boat, if you don't know it. Uh, And that was Red Rum Club. That was from their first album, Matador, and that's what they finished with, Would You Rather Be Lonely? And they were really good. I was very impressed with them. Never seen them before, but, yeah, I thought they were really good. Um, And uh, they certainly had uh, the crowd jumping uh now uh that's just about it for this week uh thanks so much to abby for coming in and talking about the cult uh do go out and read it uh, i was flicking through it while uh while the music was playing and i look forward to uh reading it properly uh and i'm going to leave you with uh, a track the title track uh in fact from the new album from the war on drugs which came out last week and is supposed to be available on lovely blue vinyl but can i find it anywhere no i can't so i'm just going to have to wait for that i think uh and the album's called I Don't Live Here Anymore. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you all, or well, speaking to you all again next Thursday. See you for now. Chance to
Live from Warminster School, this is 1707 Radio. 